up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Thursday, October 28th. Time to talk about some wide receiver cornerback matchups here for you for Week 8 Fantasy Football. And uh, we're going to dive right in. I'm not going to beat around the bush today because that would be a waste of your time. So let's get into the upgrades for you uh, for this week. Got a lot of upgrades, got a lot of downgrades, probably more upgrades than downgrades, which is usually a good thing. Uh, Friendly reminder, just like usual, this is for two audiences. It is for a season-long crowd. There are some players, like Tyreek Hill, who has a good matchup, who you're going to play no matter what, obviously. Uh, So don't overthink this thing if you are uh, in season-long. But I'm also talking to a DFS crowd. You might be part of both of those groups, which is fine and dandy, but just keep that in mind as we go through uh, this segment like we do every single week. So at the top of my list, I do have, and this is in no particular order, I'm just talking about some upgrades here, uh, DJ Moore gets a nice little upgrade. Now, I know some people are a little concerned about Sam Darnold. Meh, I'm not. Um, you can have good games as a wide receiver, even if your quarterback doesn't have a good game. You know, I, Josh Gordon early in his career had a, an entire season of that when he was with the Browns. So I'm not overly concerned here about DJ Moore. Uh, and really, it comes down to the volume. He's one of just four receivers to see at least 70 targets on the season. He is excelling in contested situations, 12 catches on 18 contested targets. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, hey, Sam Darnold is going to be a somewhat of a limiting factor overall, but not this week. Uh, you're facing a poor Atlanta secondary. Uh, he'll see he'll see uh, a good bit of A.J. Terrell, but he will also see a good bit of Fabian Moreau. Uh, Terrell is the better of the two. Fabian Moreau has been letting up plays like crazy this season. Uh, so I, I still love this one for DJ Moore. I know some people are frustrated after last week or last couple weeks, but I think we're good to go. We're obviously good to go with Jamar Chase. Now, the Jets secondary has played pretty good this season, but Jamar Chase, where he lines up, uh, he's been on the left 48% of the time. He'll see Brandon Eccles over there. That's the matchup we want. We don't want Bryce Hall. We don't want Michael Carter out of the slot. We want Brandon Eccles, and that's who he's going to see most of uh, throughout the day. Chase leading all receivers in catchable air yards. Ah, there's a flaw with air yards, isn't there? Not all not all targets are catchable, and you get air yards on them, whatever. Who cares? So he's leading all receivers in catchable air yards, 630 on the season. That's 43 catchable targets, 14.7 average depth of target on those throws. Catchable throws! It's awesome. He's also doing... Uh, also, he's doing quite well in, in contested situations. Seven catches on 12 contested targets. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. So comparing the two, obviously C.D. Lamb has been the better fantasy option, but generally speaking, there isn't much difference in usage. Uh, C.D. Lamb, 49 targets, 41 for Cooper. Cooper has a little bit higher average depth of target, 10.4 to 9.4. Uh, so keep that in mind with the two, that there's not a gap. Uh, really, even though the fantasy numbers may make it look that way, any given week, either one could be the the higher score. This week, both are very appealing, facing off against that Minnesota secondary. Uh, you have Cameron Dantzler, who's been forced to play a lot of reps now. Dantzler was exposed last year as a rookie. This year, you were going to see a lot of the same. And I like going after him. Now, that would probably be more Cooper on him. We're not going to see Michael Gallup this week. I don't think so, at least. 
So that'll have Cooper on the outside along with Lamb on the outside. But Bashad Breeland, you can go after as well. Uh, Debo Samuel versus Chicago. He has he's accounted for 55% of wide receiver targets and 33.5% of all San Francisco targets. So yeah, it's him, it's him, and it's him for the 49ers. I don't mind his matchup against the Bears for Debo. Kendall Vilder, I had to look him up, uh, will be on the uh, left side here. The right is Jalen Johnson. That's a tough matchup, but I don't think Jalen Johnson follows Debo Samuel in this game. And Samuel actually lines up, uh, he'll line up against Vilder more uh, based on what his usage has been so far this season. So that's a good one there for uh, Debo, he continues to roll. DK Metcalf continues to roll, although the average depth of target has plummeted. It was 12.3 with Russ starting. The two games that Geno has started, it's been 9.5. So it's a huge drop-off. But we saw D- DK only needs a play, basically, to give us an entire week of fantasy production. And he should get at least a play against Nevin Lawson on the uh, when he's lined up at left wide receiver. Nevin Lawson allowing 0.29 fantasy points per route covered, which the league average right now is 0.27, so he's a little bit above average there, but you can pick on him. Even Geno can. Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy are a lot of intrigue surrounding Jerry, Judy. Judy lined up primarily in the slot through week seven last year. Only 31% of his snaps came on the outside. He caught just 19 balls in that span, and he did not look particularly comfortable. That's six games, by the way, so just over three catches a game, obviously. Once he moved to the outside, it's not like the volume necessarily increased. The target depth didn't really increase either, which is interesting. I thought we were going to see something different there, but when I did the research, it didn't increase. But he just looked more comfortable on the outside. And he barely played in the slot last year after that point from week eight on. I expect him to be in the slot, though, because you're going to have Tim Patrick on the on the outside along with Cortland Sutton. Uh, so just keep that in mind. I know people are like going crazy about Jerry Judy. I'm tempering expectations. I like him, but I'm tempering expectations. Either way, I love everybody against this Washington secondary. Kendall Fuller, uh, Benjamin St. Just. They're giving up some plays, man. They're giving up some plays, so we're going after them uh, with Teddy and these Denver receivers. Marvin Jones. Who? Oh, I haven't done it in a while. Marvin Jones against Seattle. Marvin Jones is the preferred receiving option there in Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence. And when you're facing up against DJ Reed, uh, when you're facing up against Sidney Jones in particular, I love that for Marvin Jones. Fire him up with confidence. I'm going to have him some, some DFS lineups this week for sure. All right, quick break. Still got some more upgrades to get to right after the break. Told you there was a lot of upgrades this week, and uh, still a few more. A couple of elite plays that are upgrades. I mean, Tyreek Hill, uh, hey, so far this season, even with the injury, he's gotten at least a step of, a step of separation on 82% of his targeted routes. So he's getting open. That's not a problem. Honestly, I think that they're just being forced to throw the ball too much, which you would think for Patrick Mahomes that wouldn't be a problem, but really, he's mortal. He's not. I know we we put him like on the, the pedestal, uh, you know, he walks among the gods, but he is mortal. He is mortal. And last week is not going to be a common result for this offense. I would not expect it. Sure, he'll turn the ball over a little bit this year, but fine and dandy. When you're facing the Giants, though, you would think, all right, outside, it's a relatively tough matchup, and and I do agree there. You know, especially the play of Adoree Jackson 
Uh, I, I think they it, it was a it was a great signing for them. I uh, I still can't believe that Tennessee let him walk a young corner like that, but still great signing. He's been playing well on the outside. So Tyreek Hill though lining up in the slot fifty six percent of the time. So that's where you see Darnay Holmes, and that's the matchup you want to attack here for the Giants. So that's good. Uh, Cooper Cup. I don't even need to explain this, but he's facing Houston, and he's been incredible this year, so whatever. I, you know, There you go. Hashtag analysis. Keenan Allen, I do need to explain this because Mike Williams has been the breakout player for this Chargers team, but here's, here's what we're seeing. So Allen still leads the team in targets, 58, and catches 39. So the volume's there. Uh, he's not getting as high of an average depth target. Williams at 11.9, 8.2 for Allen, as you would expect. Allen is the one who's getting open, though. Mike Williams is seeing tight coverage 40% of the time on 40% of his targeted uh, routes, 16% for Keenan Allen. So he's getting open. That's not the issue. And I also think when you have J.C. Jackson tracking Mike Williams in this one, he's more likely to track the outside receiver, that it bodes well for for Keenan Allen. So I like Keenan Allen in this one. Devontae Smith ranking 13th among receivers in catchable air yards, 452. I know people keep asking me, what why do you why are you bullish on Devontae Smith? Well, it's because of that right there. That's crazy opportunity. And I know uh, you're not in a points per opportunity league. I get it. But at the same time, I, I want to capitalize on opportunity. I'm going to keep using him in season long. I'm going to have some exposure to him in DFS. He'll see most of his coverage from Jerry Jacobs, who I guess is the best corner for Detroit, but that isn't really saying that much right now. Uh, Jacobs still giving up well over the league average of fantasy points per route covered at .32. Giddy up there. Uh, A.J. Brown rounding it out last week, gets back at, and really kind of looks like himself for the first time this season. 12.4 average depth of target, caught all three contested targets, caught his end zone target, faces an indie secondary that uh, is not especially uh, good. So that all bodes well there for A.J. Brown. All right, let's get to the downgrades. I I can't – so here's the deal. I love Justin Jefferson. He's seen 59 targets and has had at least a step of, a step of separation on a massive 90% of them. That's insane. Like, he is open constantly. He's open more than Cooper Cup, which is insane. But he's probably going to see Trayvon Diggs. I, I can't see Dallas putting Trayvon Diggs on Adam Thielen. It doesn't make sense. And Trayvon Diggs has been one of the breakout stars of the season on the defensive side of the ball. Now, it's not an impossible matchup. By, you know, by all means, seriously, don't over-exaggerate this matchup when it comes to your uh, season-long decisions. Like, this is fine. You're good. You just keep using him. But it is a reason to potentially fade him in DFS or view him as a contrarian option. Mike Evans, uh, this one, it's almost always Marshawn Lattimore. And the fact that Antonio Brown looks highly unlikely to play means it's almost certainly Marshawn Lattimore will be on him. Now, Evans has seen six end zone targets on the season, 13.7 air yards per target. Those numbers are great. But historically, Marshawn Lattimore has done a pretty good job against him, and Lattimore is having good seasons. So season long, yes. DFS, no. Terry McLaurin versus Denver, 890 air yards on the season. He's getting separation, though, on just 63% of his targeted routes. So he's not quite getting open or... Heineke is throwing to him when he isn't open. 
two two different things, but uh, probably a little bit of both. Uh, I I found it hard to believe that he's not getting open, so I think it's probably more of a Taylor Heineke problem. But that's the thing; it doesn't matter who the problem is. It, it is a little bit of a problem, and when you're facing Denver, this Denver secondary, I don't expect shadow coverage. This Denver secondary is really good, though. You know, especially with with Darby back, you Bryce Callahan playing out of his mind. Patrick Sertan looking like the real deal as a rookie. I mean, he's a rookie, but he's looking like he's going to be a stud in this league. Jalen Waddle versus Buffalo. He has no trouble getting open. 88% of the time, he's had at least a step of separation on his routes targeted. But the upside is not there. 5.8 average depth of target, so the balls are not traveling much in the air. And I look at the matchup. I mean, it's Buffalo... There's no shadow here. He'll see he'll probably see more Taron Johnson than anybody, but Taron Johnson's having a good season. 48% catch rate in his coverage, just 0.15 fantasy points per route covered allowed. That is very low right there. Brandon Cooks versus the Rams revenge. Uh he has struggled to get separation from coverage. Uh opposing corners have been in tight coverage 29% of his targeted routes. Again, that could be a little bit of a Davis Mills problem, but it's still a problem. He's had 27 contested targets. That's a big number right there. Now, he's caught 16 of them, to his credit, but contested targets against the Rams are not likely to get caught. We know how good that Rams secondary is, so he's a downgrade this week. Jacoby Myers versus the Chargers. Jacoby Myers is the bizarro Chris Carter. All he does is not catch touchdowns. Uh, But either way... um, the, the streak, he's got 59 targets this season. I mean, the continued streak here, it's just, it's almost comical. Low average depth of target, and in the slot, that means you face Chris Harris Jr. Chris Harris Jr. is still pretty darn good, even though he's getting up there in age. Odell Beckham Jr., I think he's actually probably being, he's doing better than people realize. He's getting separation 82% of the time. Uh, five of seven in contested situations. It's just, you know, you have the Baker issue, primarily a run-heavy offense, and then I don't like the fact that he's going to see Joe Hayden this week. Khalif Raymond rounding it out. Uh, If you were tempted to use him in season long, I would fade him this week. 12 catches for 152 yards over the last two weeks. That looks great. But it's dink and dunk from Jared Goff. 6.1 yards, average depth of target, and not to mention the fact that the Phillies secondary, remember that used to be the weakness for the team, is actually pretty darn good. So you have Steven Nelson playing very good football. You have uh, Darius Slay playing very good football. But maybe the best of the three is Avante Maddox. Uh, Very surprising, but he has done a really good job in the slot for the Eagles, and that makes things very tough there across the board, regardless of where Raymond lines up. 30% on the left, 35% in the slot, uh, and another 35% on the right for him. So there you go. All right, remember, ftnfantasy.com. That's the website. Go check it out. Use the promo code RATPACK, ftnbets.com as well. And uh, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter and on Instagram. All right, I'll catch you tomorrow. We'll break down all the matchups here for Week 8 Halloween, baby. Halloween. All right, I'll be back on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.